dear God, please open up, uh, please give us open minds to understand your words. Give us submissive hearts uh, to want to obey what you say in your word. In Jesus' name, Amen. Happy belated Christmas, everyone. So the Christmas just passed a couple of days ago. Uh, the next thing that's going to happen is the New Year's Day. I, I think all of us are looking forward to the New Year's Day, uh, where it will be a new start for all of us, uh, where uh, we will be looking forward to 2016 and all that God has for us in 2016. And one of the things that people like to do uh, during New Year is that they like to make New Year resolutions. So every year they, they resolve that they want to do something to uh, improve in an area in their life. So for example, for those of you who uh, maybe like me, uh, you want to you want to be healthier next year. So you say, uh, I resolve uh, to exercise more. Or you say, uh, I resolve to cut down on chakwe tiao. Others might say, others might resolve to want to spend more time with their family. So you might, you might say, I resolve to spend Saturday as my family day, so no work on Saturday. Or you might say, I resolve uh, to turn off my phone at about 8 o'clock, or whatever is reasonable for you. So all these, res- all these resolutions are great because they help in one uh, area of your life. So that hopefully the next year will be more fulfilling. Today I hope to show you uh, one area of your life that you must make a resolution in to make next year more fulfilling. And what area is that? Well, that is in your relationship with God. So this relationship with God is the biggest area, is the most important area that you must get right. If your relationship with God is right, then you get the, the, the best thing right, you get the most important thing right, and, yeah, and your life uh, will, will flow out from that relationship with God. Okay, friends, if this is the first time joining us at BTPC, you might think I'm making a major claim about Jesus. I'm making a super big claim. How can I say such a thing? How can I say that Jesus is so important? Well, friends, I'm not the first to make such a claim. You see, John thinks so. John in the Bible, he thinks so. So, And John wrote a book called the Book of John to tell us about who this Jesus is, about how big, how important Jesus is. So today, uh, we'll be focusing on John's introduction about who Jesus is. Uh, we'll find out what, what John says about Jesus. Okay, so this is my first point. Yeah, okay, the slides work. My first point, come to Jesus as the only way to receive life. Yes, come to Jesus as the only way to receive life. So in verse uh, 4 to 5, uh, John actually says something really confusing. Let's look at verse 4. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So I had a lot of problems with, with these two verses. So if you got it the first time, well, great, good for you. Okay, so basically I had two problems with uh, this, this passage, uh, this, these two verses. So the first question is, what is this life? What is this life? That's my first question. The second question, what is this light? So some of you know that I help with uh, why at doing university work at NTU. So during, the, during our trainings, he likes to say, when in doubt of, a partic- of a one passage, what you can do, uh, one thing you do is to read ahead to see what the rest of the letter, the rest of the book says about this, this passage, or maybe well, how the rest of the book uses words in this passage. Yeah, so 
thankfully, uh, there's Bible Gateway. So what I did is I just typed the word life and then on Bible Gateway and then I went to see what, what, how else John used the word life uh, in, in his letter. And this is what I realized. See, this life isn't kind of life in him. So we might think hey, life is in him, so in Jesus. But is it his own physical life? Well, no. The rest of John tells us that this life is eternal life. It's not his own physical life, but eternal life. And uh, I'm glad that uh, we, we had a responsive reading in John 17 just now. Because John 17 tells us about this life. So in John 17, verse 2, it's Jesus says, just this is Jesus speaking to God. For you, uh, God, granted him, Jesus, authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. So Jesus has life in himself. That means that Jesus has eternal life in himself to give to others, to give to mankind. Jesus can give eternal life to mankind. Okay, so that's the first one, life. Let's try to understand the second word, light. So let's uh, go in John, back in John chapter 1. Uh, it says, in verse 4, it says, In him was life, that means eternal life for us, and that life was the light of all mankind. What is this light? If you read a few verses down, you realize that this light refers to a person. Let me, sh- let me show you how, you how I got that. So verse 6 to 8 tells us of another person, another person called John. So this is not the John the writer, this is a, it's another John. And verse 6 to 8 tells us that John's job is to tell us who this light is. And verse 15 talks about this light again, talks about John again. It says that John testified about him. So this means that this light isn't just a, I don't know, some energizer spotlight or something. This light is a person. And who is this person? Well, verse 14 tells us that this person is the word become flesh. This person is the one and only son. This person is Jesus. So Jesus is the light. Okay, are you still with me? So this is a little bit technical, a bit confusing. But let me summarize what I'm saying. Firstly, Jesus is the source of eternal life and Jesus is the light of all mankind. So Jesus comes to earth to give eternal life to all men. So so far, so good, right? Except, except this, except that for there to be light, that means there is darkness. That means there is the dark side. Okay, so I'm not talking about Star Wars, if you, are, if you have watched Star Wars these past few weeks. I'm talking about mankind. See, verse 5 tells us where, the, where Jesus, the light, shines. He shines, he shines not in, not in daylight, he shines in darkness. Where is this darkness? Okay, let's look, uh, look at verse 9 with us, with me. So let's see, what, where, the, see where the true light goes. Do you see it? Where does this true light go? Verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming, where? Into the world. True light, Jesus, comes into the world. 
So that means the world is the one in darkness. This means before Jesus came, before Jesus came to give us life, we are in darkness. Okay, darkness isn't just like the bad guys. Darkness isn't just Darth Vader or some Sith Lord or those people on the dark side or the mass murderers or the terrorists or those people cheat cheat other people of their life savings those are on the dark side no just those people the dark side is the whole world including you but you might say oh surely not the whole world I mean surely especially not me right I'm a good person. I'm a person who does my homework. I do my chores. I help out at home. I work honestly at work. I even pay my library fines. But if this, if this passage says that Jesus came to the earth, to, to the world to give light, it means that if you have not received this light, friends, you are in darkness. Jesus, the light, is the only source of eternal life. If Jesus has not given you eternal life, then you don't have eternal life. Or maybe for you, you don't want to accept, you don't want to receive what Jesus has for you because you don't believe what Jesus says. Maybe what Jesus says doesn't click with you. Maybe it doesn't resonate with you emotionally. Maybe you disagree with what Jesus says. Or maybe... Uh, you have been living all your life without Jesus and you feel that you're fine. But friends, look at what John says. He says the only way to have life, the only way for eternal life is Jesus. If you don't have Jesus, you're outside. You are in the darkness. You're in the dark side. So friends, come to Jesus. It's the only way to receive eternal life. Jesus is the way, the only way to receive eternal life. Now, on to my next point. Come to Jesus as the only way to be God's child. Come to Jesus as the only way to be God's child. Let's look at verse 9 again. <clears throat> the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Is this true light here is Jesus? So with what we've seen about Jesus, that he's the the light of, of the world, he comes to give eternal life, you might expect, right, when he comes, everyone, everyone will welcome him. Uh, we'll be all uh, we waving banners, like, welcome Jesus, like those people at the airports when the Korean stars come, right? You expect everyone to welcome Jesus. But, is that what happens? Oh, look at, let's look at verse 10. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. That's tragic, isn't it? No one welcomed Jesus. Jesus took the first step to come to earth to show us how to get eternal life, to believe in him, but no one cared. So verse 10 tells us that the world did not recognize Jesus. The world, the world didn't recognize Jesus, the one who created, created the world. And that's not all. It's not just the world that didn't recognize its creator. Verse 11 tells us that his own did not receive him. Okay, his own here uh, refers to the people of Israel. So the people of Israel, they received uh, 
the, all the writings from God through the law, through the prophets. So they have uh, everything, everything to know about God is all, all with the people of Israel. So when the people of Israel, when they saw Jesus, they should have recognized Jesus. They should have recognized Jesus is from God. But verse 11 tells us they rejected Jesus. And they didn't just say, uh, okay, well, Jesus, you can do your own thing. Uh, let me live my own life. No, that's not what they did. They went further than that. Well, what Simpson said just now was they tried to kill him many times. They tried to kill him as a baby. And throughout his life, they tried to kill him a few more times. And finally, they did. When they, when they crucified him on the cross. Jesus' own people turned against him. It's like, it's like uh, Walt Disney, you know, the one who uh, created Mickey Mouse, the creator of Mickey Mouse. So let's say if one day he went to visit Mickey Mouse somehow, they say, no, he knocks on the door and says, hi, Mickey Mouse, I'm Walt Disney, I'm the one who made you. And Mickey Mouse opens the door, he looks at Walt Disney and says, oh no, you're not Walt Disney, you don't have a long nose, you don't have big ears, you're not Walt Disney. I mean, he's not like Mickey Mouse. Lah. Yeah. So, and not just that, Mickey Mouse doesn't just stop there. Mickey Mouse even tries to kill Walt Disney. Creation tries to kill its creator. That's what's going on in verse 11. Creation trying to kill its creator. Friends, that's the wrong way to treat Jesus. That's the wrong way uh, to, tr- to treat our creator. And I know uh, all of us here, well, we don't have the chance to kill Jesus, right? I mean, Jesus isn't physically here for us to try to kill him, but we still reject Jesus. We still reject Jesus like God's, like God's people. Well, how do we do that? Some people reject Jesus by not accepting him rightfully as God. Or some people might choose to follow other gods. Or some people will or take a career, or take a family, or take their exam results, and put it in such a high position, put it as such a thing that defines their life, that the grades, the family, the career, is the thing that runs their life. As they decide that next decision, those things become their gods. You see, all these things are different ways of rejecting Jesus, of rejecting Jesus as God. But there's only one right response. Look with me at verse 12. The right response is in verse 12. Do you see what that response is? The right response, let me read it for you. Verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the rights to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. Friends, this, this is the right response to Jesus. Not rejecting him, not ignoring him, but to receive Jesus, to believe in Jesus' name. This means that I welcome Jesus. I don't reject him like uh, the Jews did. <clears throat> but what is it that I should believe about Jesus? Should I believe that is it, is it that I believe that he came as a baby? Or is it that I believe that he came, he came, he did many miracles when he came? Well, these two things are very important. 
But let me show you what is it that John wants you to believe about Jesus. This is a key thing uh, that John wants you to to take away from from the whole book of John. So this is uh, John chapter 20, uh, verse 30, 31. Let me read it for you. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence (coughs) of his disciples, which were not recorded in this book. But these are written uh, that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So you see what John says in chapter 20? You must believe that Jesus is the Messiah, or Jesus is the King, the ruler of your life. He died, and you must believe that he died so that through his death, you can have eternal life. So the, and, the, and this is the benefit of believing this thing is that you can be God's child. And look back at John chapter 1, verse, verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, but what happened? Jesus gave the right to become children of God. So to, to anyone who receives Jesus, Jesus gives them the right to become children of God. So friends, this, this is the good news. It means that no matter how bad you are, no matter what you have done, even if you have done bad things in your life, even if you think that you are found there in the dark, in the darkness, listen to what verse 12 says. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the rights to become children of God. So friends, when you receive Christ, you can be God's children. Come to Jesus to be God's child. But friends, that's the good news. But there's bad news in that. There's also bad news. Verse 12 tells us that Jesus gives the right for, uh, to become children, God's children only to those who received him. So what's the bad news? Bad news is this. Bad news is, if you don't receive Jesus, you can't be God's child. If you don't receive Jesus, you can't be God's child. So no matter how morally upright you are, no matter how good a person you are, if you say no to Jesus, you cannot be God's child. So come to Jesus as the only way to be God's child. So we saw that Jesus is the only way to receive life and Jesus is the only way to become God's child. Now to my third point. Jesus is the only way, come to Jesus is the only way to know God. Let's go back to verse 1. So verse 1 calls Jesus, uh, uses a special special phrase, he calls Jesus the Word. So what does verse 1 tell us about Jesus the Word? Okay, let me read it for you. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made, has been made. 
Let's focus on something in verse 1. It's the last phrase in verse 1. It says, The Word was God. The Word was God. So what John is saying here is that Jesus is God. Well, how God is Jesus? So to what extent is Jesus God? Well, John is trying to tell us that Jesus is as God as our God the Father. So Jesus and God share the same uh, God nature. So if, because Jesus has God's nature, Jesus knows the Father and can reveal the Father to us. And that's not all. That's not all that, uh, that John says about how God Jesus is. Another aspect about Jesus' Jesus uh, Godness, if you like, is, is in verse 2. It says that he, that is Jesus, was with God when? In the beginning. In the beginning. So when is this a beginning? What is this beginning referring to? Well, this beginning is referring to what uh, Genesis writes. So this is the first sentence of the Bible. The first sentence, and this is what it says. This is when God created the world. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So in the beginning, God created everything. That's what Genesis says. So with John, when he uses the phrase, in the beginning, John is saying that Jesus has, is there. Jesus was already at the beginning. Jesus has already existed. Jesus already existed at the beginning. Just like God. So when God created the world, Jesus was already there, in the, already there in the beginning, like with God. And Jesus was creating the world with God. So clearly Jesus is as God, well, as God himself. Jesus has, has God's nature and Jesus was in the beginning just like God and Jesus was creating the world just like God. Another way to understand this is, think about, uh, think about all of us. Uh, we're all human beings, so we all have some, we have all have some similarity as human beings. We all share the same human nature. So for example, if I say, okay, this, this is not true, but if I say, that I'm hungry because I haven't eaten my breakfast. You will all understand what I'm saying, right? Because all of us have felt, uh, have felt hungry before. Or if, if I say, I'm tired because I didn't have good sleep last night. Now, all of you will understand what I'm saying. Because it's common. If, you don't, if, if any human being doesn't have good sleep at night, uh, I think some of you will be yawning right, right, right now as I speak. So we all understand each other because we all share that same nature. So similarly, Jesus and God share that same nature. So because Jesus is as God, as God himself, as God of, is, Jesus is as God as the Father, Jesus understands the Father. But why do we need to know that Jesus is as God as the Father? Well, we need to know that Jesus is that much God because... Jesus is the one who shows us who God is. Jesus is the one who reveals God to us. So Jesus is not kind of like a, I don't know, a messenger who comes to tell you about who God is. No, not just a human messenger. Jesus is as God as, as God. Jesus is coming as God to tell you what the Father is like. Let's let me show this to you from verse 18, uh, John chapter one, verse 18. So how do we know God? 
No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. So in verse 18, someone has made God known. Someone has made this God known. And who is that? That is the one and only Son. That person is Jesus. So verse 18 is telling us that no one, no one at all, has seen God except this one person, except the one and only Son. So this Son, this Jesus, can reveal God to us. But how come Jesus has this special uh, information that no one else has? How come Jesus has information that not even, not even Google has, right? About what the Father is. Like? How come Jesus is so special? Well, if you want to know what God is, the Father is like, or if you want to know His character, what should we do? Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus' miracles. Then you know what the Father is doing. Look, listen to what Jesus is teaching. Then you know what the Father is saying. So that's what's so special about Jesus. Jesus is the one who reveals God, not just giving you information uh, to download into your brain, but to show you, to show you what God is doing, to teach you what God is saying. Friends, the most important thing that we can do in our lives is to know the Father. To know the Father. So to know this Father, know this God who created you and who placed you in this world that He created. There's this quote that I read recently. It's by uh, this guy called J.I. Packer. So he, he wrote this in the book, Knowing God. He says, The world becomes a strange, mad painful place and life in it disappointing and unpleasant business for those who do not know God the world becomes a strange mad painful place and life in it disappointing and unpleasant business for those who do not know God friends it's only when we know God when we know who God is that we can make sense of living in the world that he made for us In the later part of the book of John, someone asked Jesus to show, show him, show them the Father, show them what the, fa- who the, what the Father is, show them the Father, reveal the Father to them. And this is what, uh, let me read to you what, what it says. So this is in John 14. <clears throat> so verse, from verse 8, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. So Philip goes to Jesus and Philip says, Jesus, show me God. I want to see God. Jesus agrees with Philip. Jesus agrees that seeing God is absolutely vital. It's absolutely important. 
But Jesus disagrees with Philip on the way to see the Father. See, Philip wants to know the Father by looking at him, by looking at the Father, by seeing him with his own eyes. But Jesus says, Jesus says, if you want to know the Father, oh, look at me, look at Jesus, look at what Jesus does, look at what Jesus says. Then you can know what the Father is like. Then you know what the Father is doing. Then you know what the Father is saying. And then you can know, uh, and then with, that, with, with, with this knowledge of God, you can have a relationship with God. So now that you know God, you can have a relationship with God. The only way to know God the Father is through Jesus. So come to Jesus, friends. Because Jesus is the only way to know the Father. So if you don't come to Jesus, you will never know God the Father. You never know God. You will not know what God desires. You will not know the God who made you. You will not be able to have a relationship with God. So let's uh, sum up what, what we have said so far. Firstly, Jesus is the only way to receive eternal life. Second, Jesus is the only way to be God's child. And third, Jesus is the only way to know God, God the Father. So these three things in this part of John, Jesus is clearly vital for our life here and now. John thinks so, that's why he wrote, wrote a book for you. The whole Bible thinks so. That's why the whole book, the whole Bible points to this person, Jesus. But do you think so? Or do your 2016 New Year resolutions think so? Let me address a few groups of people here. So first, let me address those people who do not know Jesus. So if you do not know Jesus, if you do not know God, uh, what can you do? How, how, can I, how can you know for sure who God is? How can you know for sure who Jesus is? Well, let me, give you, let me uh, give you two suggestions. Firstly, keep reading this book. Keep reading the book of John. So we just read the introduction part. And John is just getting started about who Jesus is. So read on. Read on for yourself to find out who Jesus is. What Jesus is like. And then there's a... And there's a and another way to, to find out who this Jesus is, is to sign up for uh, Christianity Explored. So we've been saying this uh, every week. Sign up for Christianity Explored. But we say this every week because we want you to find out for yourself who Jesus is. So this is a great opportunity for you to investigate for yourself uh, the claims about Christianity and to ask any questions you have about Christianity. And you, you don't have to become a Christian at the end of it. Just investigate, just see for yourself whether this is true. So don't put this off until you have time. Right? If Jesus is real, then you must get to know him ASAP. And I hope, and I hope you investigate who Jesus is with an open mind uh, and come to a conclusion for yourself about who Jesus is. So even if Jesus didn't feature in 2015 for you, maybe Jesus will feature for you in 2016. Maybe 2016 is the year that you find out more about Jesus. So that's the first group. Now, uh, let me address the second group. Christians. Friends, is Jesus a highlight for you in 2015? Was Jesus a highlight for you in 2015? Or was, or was Star Wars a bigger highlight for you in 2015? 
Okay, I don't, I don't, what I mean by that isn't the amount of time they spend in church every week. What I mean is, does your deepening knowledge of God change your life? Did that deepening knowledge of God change your life this year? 2015 may have been a great year for you. Or maybe for some of you, it might have been a horrible year. But has your relationship with God changed the way you faced either your great year or your horrible year? Oh, if you see what Jesus has done for you in John chapter 1, oh, that Jesus shouldn't just be the highlight for you in 2015. Jesus should be the highlight for you every year. Because Jesus gives you life. Jesus gives you the right to become God's child. Because Jesus, Jesus shows you, Jesus reveals God to you. If Jesus hasn't hasn't featured much in 2015, well, let me encourage you, friends. I'll make the most of the next few days. Start prioritizing Bible reading. Start prioritizing praying to God. Start good habits now that will go on into 2016. Don't say, wait until New Year, then I'll start. No, start today. Start now. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for everything that you give us through Jesus. And we pray that uh, please show us areas that we need to put Jesus first in our lives. Please show us areas that we need to commit uh, more to this, to the one who created us, to the one who gives us eternal life. And Father, uh, please give us uh, the by your spirit, please give us uh, the heart to want to submit to what you say in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.